If you missed it live, catch the podcast on kaya959.co.za. Thank you so much, Tendai. Uh, I guess first things first, maybe let's just get some perspective, right, in terms of corporate forensics. And in my mind, I'm already racing, thinking to auditing, you know, forensic auditing and the likes. Add some context and a description as to what corporate forensics entails in order to um, uh, meet the need and the challenge of uh, financial mis- misconduct in the country. Yes, so Gugu, um, you know, what you said is, is partially right. The area of corporate forensics, um, sometimes called corporate investigations or just white collar crime forensics, really encompasses looking at crime that we would find in a white collar context. So forensics, not your bodily forensics, but looking at transactions, looking at financial side of investigations and uh, crime, as I said. But it's really in the context of organizations, and this can be in your private sector or it can be in your public sector. Um, Over the last, I would say, maybe 10, 15 years in South Africa, we've seen a rise in in the interest um, when it comes to corporate forensics. It's come out of just being in the accounting field where we would look at the finances of it to spreading more into the legal field as well, looking at the legal side of it, um, how you would classify it as a crime. And we've really seen it emerging as something very important and specifically in the context of South Africa where we find, you know, corruption um, in its many forms uh, that we're aware of. Mm. I'm so glad that you mentioned that, you know, we find corruption in its many forms because that obviously speaks to just the scope uh, of corporate forensics and what it, it, it does entail. And from what I'm understanding, this is also where digital plays a significant role, not only in terms of understanding the finances, but as you say, the legal aspects too. Uh, so help us understand how we are leveraging uh, di- digital forensics in uncovering financial wrongdoing. Yes. So, you know, we've we've moved from, you know, crime being in cash, brown envelopes, people swapping briefcases yes. to um, transactions happening uh, via telecommunications through our IT systems. And as a result, our forensics has had to also adapt because in order to investigate any kind of crime that has happened, any process of data or information that's related to any kind of um, corporate malfeasance, we have to have the capability. So that's where digital forensics comes in. And it's really the ability to go into systems and find evidence which um, just shows the, the crimes or the actions that have taken place. And I would like to call it hard evidence because it's basically going in and finding evidence that rightly cannot be manipulated. It may be manipulated, but because in a digital space, we find digital footprints. It becomes evidence that's a lot more reliable for us to work with. So really, we find that because the crime is moving to digital, the forensics has had to follow and also become preemptive in really looking at investigations and how to get to the bottom of crimes. 100% and it does seem as though it it, it appears to be a lot more intricate right because as you say uh, as white collar crime becomes more advanced then the methods and skills and talent required in order to unearth uh, this level of um, malfeasance needs to be heightened as well and from what I'm understanding the private sector might be adequately equipped for this but I do see that there's certain shortages of these skills uh, within state institutions like the National Prosecuting Authority. Um, Share your thoughts firstly on the skills and perhaps the skills gap that does exist in a country Mm. like South Africa. 
Yes, so so what we find, look, I think according to, you know, what we see with our education system, um, people with access um, are able to study the more advanced types of degrees. That would be your IT, go into digital spe- uh, forensics as a, a specialized skill. And very often it's people who have exposure. So it's the children who are growing up with the laptops um, who are exposed at school. And we find that these are the same people who then go into digital forensics as a, a skills and as an offering. And the skills definitely do lie in the private sector. Where we find that the skills have um, come up in the public sector, we uh, we find people making the move to the private sector. And it's usually just a financial, you know, a financial mm-hmm. thing. So there definitely is a gap in our public sector where, you know, we have our investigative uh, capabilities. We have our institutions, but definitely a gap when it comes to now having the skills to conduct digital forensics. And we're at a point where we need to close this gap because we're finding that, you know, with a lot of our matters, I'll take state capture, for example, our matters are going through state capture commission. But when it comes to our investigation and prosecution, we, we find that a lot of cases are then falling apart. And I think a lot of it has to do with those skills that are lacking from a digital perspective, going into those systems, gathering the right evidence. So there definitely is a gap and it's something that needs public-private uh, partnership um, to really close. Now, how do we get those skills to not just service public sector, uh, private sector, but to also um, service public sector? So that's something we need to look at. Again, from an education perspective, are we giving enough exposure to our, our learners as they finish metric? And are we giving this as a career option? Mm-hmm. I think a lot more needs to happen there so that we have a steady stream of persons who are coming both into the private sector, but very importantly now into the public sector to provide the skills. 100%. And, and you raise such a valid point. I remember first being introduced to forensic auditing only in, in varsity uh, because I studied accounting mm. and auditing was one of the subjects that you, you take on. But we really do need to heighten the level of awareness in this regard. Despite the shortages in the system, all is not lost, Tendai, from what I understand, especially given the feedback we heard from the State of the Nation address from the President last week. I'm aware we under pressure for time but happy for you just to share some some uh, progress that is being made in South Africa and and perhaps how best we can advance it going for going forward Yes, so definitely. Um, and I'm so glad it came up um, in SONA um, because it is a focus area. We find that, you know, our investigating directorate is being equipped with these skills. So very important that it's coming. Um, obviously, persons with the skills must be adequately paid so they can stay in the in the public sector and see these cases through. I think we're going to see a very big difference now in how our cases are put together. As I said, you know, we've seen them falling apart at the most important point um, but with this commitment, I think, at, at a national level, at a presidential level, we should see the skills now coming up. And again, I think I have to emphasize that unless we can push it from a learner perspective, you know, get that um, excitement about digital forensics as a career, um, it's going to be very difficult. We have a, a skill shortage, I think, just nationwide and even globally when it comes to these skills. So in order to address that and, and actually meet what we see, having been said in SONA, the will behind it, we must have the practical skills. We need the persons coming through the system who can actually service this need. 100%. Tendai, such a pleasure speaking to you this evening. Truly appreciate it, uh, together with the insight and your time.
If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on Kaya959.co.za.